Blaze Radio Network. And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. So how much would you pay for a 1908 Harley Davidson motorcycle? Meekum Auction in Las Vegas said the motorcycle known as the Strap Tank due to the nickel-plated steel bands that suspend the fuel and oil tanks from its frame sold at the end of last month now it's in great shape the bike had many of its original parts which makes it even more rare the bike was found intact in a wisconsin barn in 1941 and the guy kept it in his possession for the next 66 years and it was mostly restored by this guy in fort wayne indiana so it went up for auction and it sold for do i hear two hundred thousand dollars do i hear three hundred thousand dollars do i hear four hundred thousand dollars remember this is a 1908 harley davidson motorcycle it looks like a a bicycle with a tank on it do i hear five hundred thousand dollars I mean, it's in pretty good shape with a lot of original parts. Do I hear $600,000? It's really pretty, and it says Harley Davidson on it. Do I hear (laughs) $700,000? Do I hear $800,000? Do I hear $935,000 sold to whoever bought it? in january for nine hundred and thirty five thousand dollars congratulations to the new owner of the 1908 harley davidson bicycle motorcycle it's all yours ride it show it off shine it up do whatever you want to do with it for $935,000. Good for you. Good for you. There's not a chance I spend the money on that motorcycle. That amount? No way. <laughs> At some point, I believe our former president, Barack Hussein Obama, said it best when he told us, At some point, you've made too much money. Welcome. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. So we've talked about the theme park, the new Mario Kart ride that uh, people were all mad about because it didn't have special fat guy seating. And we've covered theme park rides forever on this show and throughout my radio career. Theme parks don't have fat guy seating, right? And people are wound up about it. And they're just now, you know, every so often it makes the rounds again. I can't fit in the rides. They, I'm too fat. They didn't make it for fat people. And so, you know, you have to realize, look, uh, hold up. You know, there's a reason for that. All right. The little kids want to ride in the rides, too. If they make rides, you know, for bit fat people, then that lessens the ride for the little people, little kids, not the little people, those people, too, (laughs) those people, too. But I'm just saying, but I got an email and we've talked about, you know, I, I feel like I feel like I've talked about this 
in a roundabout way before, but I got an email from Nathaniel at chewingthefat at theblaze.com, and I, I love it. It's a genius idea. Nathaniel, and I replied to Nathaniel telling him I love it. I can't remember if I've actually, uh, I've never named it this before, but his email said, listening to yesterday's podcast about fat guys seating in theme parks gave me one of your million dollar ideas. I never really thought about how increasing the size of the rides would mean that small children wouldn't be big enough to ride. That's when I had my idea. Every amusement park has a kiddie section. Why not add a fatty section? Look at the size of that roller coaster over there in fatty land. I bet it doesn't do any flips. Think about it. I think that is genius. I know I've talked about, you know, we just have specific rides for fat people, fat guy rides, but I love the idea of fatty land. So go make your million dollars and I will, I will come. I will come to your theme park of fatty land. Nathaniel, genius. All right, let's talk about some stories that are funny but not real. I had several of uh, several of you uh, send me a couple of stories that are really funny, and they're definitely chewing the fat stories if they were real. But now they're turned into chewing the fat stories because they're not real, but I love them. Uh, I, they, they, or I should say they can't be real, but I love them. All right, so this story I feel like we've done before. I uh, had this sent to me just the other day, and I feel like we did this story before, so it, it makes the rounds ever so often. It's a tremendous story, but it may, and it makes me laugh. The and this story goes by a 45-year-old Janice Smith, who was arrested in Michigan for allegedly capturing numerous squirrels and training them to attack her former lover. <laughs> the victim. 51-year-old James Robinson was presumably attacked by the rodents on more than a dozen occasions over the last month. These attacks caused him many serious injuries, including the loss of two fingers and one testicle. (laughs) Now that's funny, but there's no way that that can be true uh, it even talks about she was partially hidden behind some bushes but i could clearly see her <laughs> she was yelling orders at the squirrels and telling them to attack <laughs> that's funny funny business but uh there's no way that could be real and then we have a man in los angeles uh craig ledbetter has been placed into custody after reports came in from all over downtown Los Angeles that a man had been running up and down to other men and cutting off their man buns. <laughs> now, as much as, <laughs> as fun as that sounds, and you know, as fun as that sounds that I want it to be real, it can't be real, but it's funny. He attacked me and aggressively removed my top knot. I was in fear for my life from this madman. It will take me years to regrow my hair. I hope he gets the punishment he deserves. <laughs> uh, each assault can come with an 18-month service in jail. That adds up to 55 and a half years if he's convicted. Okay. Thank you. Now, this is going to happen to him because he has to uh, you know, undergo a psychological evaluation. Uh, so, just know that in L.A., a man was running around cutting off man buns. Very funny, but not real. 
Now, you can continue to email me your stories at chewingthefatattheblaze.com. No problem. I'm happy to look at them. Some of them are great. Some of them may be added to the no way this is real bile, but I appreciate it. Uh, email chewingthefatattheblaze.com. You can always uh, follow me on my social media accounts. Uh, Facebook and Instagram is Jeff Fisher Radio. Twitter is at JeffyJFR. Uh, I, you know, I was looking, uh, I saw a headline where more than half, of, well, it's being reported, that more than half of the top 1,000 advertisers on Twitter stopped spending money on the platform in the first weeks of January. Hmm, isn't that interesting? Uh, I, and I, I don't know that to be true, but I will say that it is interesting that he needs to charge, he being Elon, needs to uh, charge for his blue check marks now although i still have my blue check and i am i am not paying i'm still uh when you click on the old blue check i still get the uh this is a legacy verified account it may or may not be notable so i still get that he has said in one tweet i saw where he was coming after us but uh he hasn't yet so we'll see if we'll see if he lets that stay or not i doubt it I doubt it. He's. I doubt that he's going to let it stand. <laughs> I just find that difficult to believe. But I don't know why. And then I was. I don't know why I was looking at it. But I was looking at uh, the top Twitter accounts with the top amount of followers. Now uh, my at Jeffy JFR is not in the top twenty. I know it should be. Absolutely, there's no question it should be. But uh, I see where number 20 is uh, the Brazilian professional footballer Neymar. He has 59.1 million followers. So I just let the cat out of the bag. I do not have 51.9 million followers or 4.1 million followers on Twitter. And then we have CNN who has 60.5 million. Uh, Bill Gates has 61.1 million followers. Wow. Justin Timberlake, 62.8 million. CNN Breaking News has 64 million followers. That's almost the same thing as the other one. Twitter itself has 65.3 million followers. Selena Gomez has 66.4 million followers. NASA has 67 million followers. Kim Kardashian has 74.2 million followers you know as at the time of this story ellen degeneres has 77 million followers although she's had to have dropped some now i bet if we look youtube has 77.7 million followers uh naranda maudi 84.5 million lady gaga 84.9 million taylor swift 91.9 million (laughs) ronaldo cristiano ronaldo 105.1 million followers Rihanna, 107.2 million followers. Katy Perry, where's she been? 108.8 million followers. I think Katy is fighting back from that pregnancy because she's a Midwestern girl, man. She had that baby, man. She's, I, I love you, Katy. I love you. And you're looking great. You fought back great. I'm just saying. Justin Bieber, 113.7 million followers on Twitter. Elon Musk, not number one, though. Not number one. Elon Musk, number two, at 118.1 million followers. You'd think he'd make that algorithm work in his favor and be the number one uh, person with the most followers. But coming in at number one, the most followers on Twitter. 
a name you heard earlier in this show, Barack Obama, 133.2 million followers. Now, again, that's uh, that's the top 20 uh, people who have the most followers on Twitter. And my account at Jeffy JFR is not in the top 20. So it's getting there, though, but it's not there. All right, let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink desperately. So I guess today is Annoy Squidward Day. Uh, If you're listening live, it is the 15th of February, 2023. And either January 15th or February 15th is Annoy Squidward Day. According to SpongeBob. Uh, I guess uh, they were <laughs> in uh, one of the episodes, SpongeBob laughs when he's asked uh, what day it is, and he says it's Annoy Squidward Day. So and that's, he points to the calendar, which is the 15th of January or February, and that's the episode Employee of the Month. So today is Annoy Squidward Day. So if you run into Squidward, go ahead and annoy him good news from idris elba uh he has quashed speculations that he's going to be the next james bond after daniel craig everybody was after him and then he said no a couple of times and nobody believes him and he keeps going so he said hey uh i'm focused on my role as detective john luther that's who i am now a while ago he talked about being bored with being luther but I think I'm with you, John. They must have paid him a boatload of money. Uh, That uh, Luther is you, baby. That's your character. Idris Elba is Luther. So a great show. If you haven't watched it, watch it. But he's got some new ones coming out, a new movie coming out. It'll be really good. And I love uh, struggling detectives stories anyway. That's just, I love those. So uh, good news. I'm happy to hear that from idris elba he would make a great james bond but i'm happy that he's like no 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 i'm john luther thank you thank you idris thank you um pharaoh williams you know you love him uh he is now becoming the creative director of menswear at louis vuitton the world's biggest luxury brand the music producer streetwear entrepreneur co-star of that maggie rogers nyu video will fill the role previously held by virgil abla the first black american to lead design at european luxury house who passed away in 2021 so the appointment extends Farrell's already considerable fashion resume he's the founder of uh, streetwear labels billionaire boys clubs and ice cream He's collaborated with companies like uh, Adidas, Chanel, and Montclair. Uh, His first collection for Louis Vuitton will debut during the Paris Men's Fashion Week this June. Wow, that's fast. He's got a lot of work to do. By uh, apparently Louis Vuitton, uh, you know, the parent company LVMH, has charted a different course from competitors. Uh, So, okay. I mean, I know that... uh, um uh, uh italian designer for creative director position at gucci uh posted uh they hired uh caring i think anyway it, does, it doesn't matter uh just know that uh Farrell is now the what's his full title at louis vuitton 
is going to be the creative director of menswear at Louis Vuitton. So congratulations. I know that Louis Vuitton uh, is hoping that Williams will be able to juice up the old, uh, the old growth of Louis Vuitton. And I mean, that's a luxury brand, man. And <laughs> there's no doubt about that. So good luck. And it also bumped up uh, Bernard Arnault for being the richest person in the world. So I'm sure that uh, my man Farrell is not doing it for free and shouldn't. And Bernard, oh no, can't afford to pay him whatever he wants. Temple University in Pennsylvania uh, has unveiled a new course to its Gender, Sexuality, and Women's Study program, which focuses on digital pornography. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, The university is going to teach students how to think critically about porn. Why am I not a professor at Temple University? (laughs) Come on now. Uh, They are going to offer social perspectives in digital pornography. The other sex education during the spring semester to discover how internet porn influences students and their relationship and to think critically about its role in their lives. It specified that students would not watch pornography during the class and would uh, neutrally examine how pornography relates to characteristics such as race and gender, consent, sexual behavior, privacy, sexual violence, body image, and policy and legislation. Yeah, that's what be my class too. Sex is everywhere these days, especially in the digital space. So it may not come as a surprise to learn that pornography consumption has become increasingly prevalent around the world. Now, I mean, and no thanks to the credit card companies and the businesses who are try- actively trying to bring the, uh, bring the pornography websites down. Uh, so people, you know, they can't make any money. Just a thought. That's a little side rant there. But that, that would be in my class uh, that I would be teaching how to critically think about pornography (laughs) so uh the sexuality education aims to close the gap by a widely uh desperate k-12 through sex education state requirements and encourage empathy according to the university news release while the newer 2023 course will focus specifically on pornography as a topic in sex education, students will gain comprehensive and holistic understanding of how complex the topic of internet porn is. And boy, is it complicated. (laughs) Uh, uh, Jennifer Pollitt, assistant professor and assistant director of gender, sexuality, and women's studies, uh, will situate it within social, sexual, political, legal, and historical frameworks. Talking about sex education without talking about pornography would only be telling half the story. Students will also study the development, implementation, and effectiveness of emergent porn literacy programs that started middle school to help young people understand the difference between sex in porn and sex in real life. Huh. I wonder if they'll also study, and this would be in my class if Temple would like to reach out. Uh, I wonder if they'll talk about, uh, you know, how pornography affects relationships uh, and long-term relationships if one or both become, uh, start using uh, pornography. Now, I know that they talked about, uh, 
you know they're going to be using uh race gender consent sexual behavior privacy sexual violence body image policy and legislation but nothing about uh relationship building and relationship you know being torn apart from it that has to be include included as well and forget and then the kids i know that there's a huge gap uh you know when we have to focus specifically on pornography as a topic in sex education <laughs> uh it's a it's a complex it's a complex uh topic is internet porn yeah no kidding that's why i want to be your professor so call me uh you know maybe email me chewing the fat at the blaze.com and uh, or dm me on twitter at jeffy jfr and uh you know we'll get something at professor uh emeritus uh, jeff fisher as i don't know that i want to you know don't tell my wife because she would be ready to move back to pennsylvania but uh you know i'm happy to go to work for temple i'm happy to teach the class and i'll create a study course that of uh, of course will cover all the frameworks and institutions that surround pornography no no i promise Oh, speaking of uh, relationships and, uh, you know, sex, uh, researchers uh, have revealed that a birth control pill for men is yielding promising results in the lab. Yay! Because of the unique way it would prevent pregnancy, this pill could become the first legit contraception alternative to vasectomies and condoms for men all right well how will it work you ask the new pill developed by uh wheel cornell medical scientist uh temporarily immobilizes sperm by blocking a protein called soluble adenal cyclase hello or sac <laughs> uh, sac uh, that triggers sperm to swim to an egg in the lab, the pill successfully prevented male mice from siring baby mice. Okay. For a couple of hours, though they hope to extend that window to a day or two. So up next, we're testing it on rabbits, and then hopefully we'll have some kind of human-like trials. It's a big deal to get it approved. Uh, it's an experimental birth control pill. It wears off. I mean can i take the birth control pill in in uh at the same time that i take viagra or cialis that's the question can i take it in conjunction with those pills because uh there's plenty of people taking viagra and cialis out the cialis out there cialis cialis out there but can i take those and take the new birth control pill i just ask it i'm just asking because uh you know it's going to happen so you might as well do it in the trials and let's see what's happening so good luck good luck out there to all the trials and hopefully we'll have a male birth control pill on the market you know as soon as it actually works and does what they claim it will do Politicians will never let a crisis go to waste. We have been invaded. The crisis is being used by Republicans as a photo op by the Democrats to expand their voting base. More than 85% of everybody reaching the border is coming in. That's the definition of an open border. 
just down the road. You can get in no problem, no Humvees, no armed guards. What people don't realize is there's a way around everything. The Blaze Originals team traveled to the Texas border, ground zero of the most controversial news story of 2024. With some experts estimating over 4 million border crossings in 2023 alone, we embedded with the Take Our Border Back convoy to investigate. What if the entire narrative you thought you knew was a lie? Go watch the real story of Texas versus the feds and how the elites use the border crisis against us by visiting realbordercrisis.com and use code TEXAS for $30 off an annual subscription to Blaze TV. A couple of months after the fact, the feds are now going to probe the United Airlines near disaster. So way back in December, way back in December, how old were you in December? Uh, the uh, United Airlines flight left Maui in Hawaii and climbed to normal fashion for about a minute. And then it dropped to within 800 feet of the ocean. Then it regained altitude. Now, the public really didn't know about it until uh, there was an article written about it this past weekend. So now the NTSB has begun a f- you know their formal review. So the flight tracking data analysis revealed that it had reached an altitude of 2,200 feet and it began a steep dive, descending at a rate of about 8,600 feet a minute. It dipped, I said 800, it dipped below 775 feet. Wow, now that's freaking close. Now, the entire ordeal unfolded in heavy rain, lasted about 45 seconds, and was not mentioned in recordings of air traffic control radio calls reviewed by the Air Current, which is where the article was written. So, uh, the United said they closely coordinated with the FAA and the Airline Pilots Association on the investigation that ultimately resulted in the pilots receiving additional training. I would say these pilots should be doing the training. I mean, they're they're, they're ascending, and then all of a sudden they're descending, and they saved everybody at 800 feet without anybody being harmed? Uh, yeah. Hello? I mean, it was a close call, but they took it under control. And they flew the rest of the way to San Francisco. <laughs> and uh, then they, they flew on. The plane checked off. They flew off. Uh, just amazing. So apparently, um, well, there was another flight out of Hawaii that uh, experienced turbulence. And there were people injured on that flight. But that's not this flight. This flight was up and then down. And then we're back up again. Everything's fine. Uh, incredible i know so i know that the and the pilots came on and said uh i'm sure you you know you felt that a uh, little you know a little turbulence going on everything's fine now don't worry about it so they were they had interviewed some people that were on the flight and uh, the one guy said he was with his uh wife and child and it happened so fast they knew something you know obviously was wrong because one minute you're taking off and you're out over the ocean and you're going back to san francisco and the next minute you're on a deep dive and uh, you know that uh, <laughs> what's below you is ocean and you're in this airplane traveling at a high rate of speed the end result really isn't going to be favorable so uh he said that uh, after the fact they realized that both he and his wife were praying because they thought it was possibly the end and uh, you know obviously it wasn't but why are we having extra training for these pilots these pilots should be giving the training this is what happens when 
something bad starts to happen you take care of it and you climb back up and get everything back under control how about that just amazing we had a lot of problems with airlines this way i I mentioned the other flight in hawaii uh you know where they landing had severe turbulence like 36 people were injured 20 people taken to the hospital 11 people listed in serious condition that's pretty amazing because you're supposed to be strapped in right i mean that's part of the deal is when you're landing you're supposed to be strapped in so i don't know how your injuries could be really that bad but you know i guess they were then we had the two planes at uh, jfk in new york nearly collide when they crossed paths on the runway right and then we had the uh incident in austin and then there was the incident in newark where the planes clipped each other on the tarmac and the one plane said well we're gonna go ahead and roll this back into the <laughs> we'll roll this back in obviously you felt that and we were just hit by the other plane so we're just gonna go ahead and wheel back in now and everybody disembarked and they got a new plane and they took off a couple hours later still would have been a real pain in the rear i would have hated it i mean we had that i talked about this flight before i think i was flying back from detroit with my son and we ended up having to take spirit and it was the only time i've ever flown on spirit and i don't know that i'll fly again although uh, just because of the the comforts of the plane you know the seats were kind of small it was kind of kind of cramped but the pilot was great so we were flying from detroit to dfw and we start to land at dfw and it's storming and windy and blowing and we start our descent over the runway and the plane starts to tilt and wind with the blow with the wind and he cranks us back up again and he makes a round and he comes back down to try to land again same thing happens so he cranks it back up again and he tells us you know obviously we've got a little a little issue with wind on the ground so we're going to take this thing around and land on the other side of the airport and we you know we circled around and came down and landed on the other side of the airport at least that's what he said and it appeared to be true and he landed perfectly those are the pilots i want flying the planes uh men and women who can both go oh there's a problem and this is what i'm gonna do to fix it and uh you, there's no problem keep yourself buckled in and we'll be fine and those are the kind of pilots i want flying the planes please isn't it interesting how the hoity toits all believe that there should be affordable housing for everyone except where they live uh, you know not in my backyard so there's plans for an affordable housing project on nantucket the surfside crossing and they were submitted back in 2018 and ever since the they were submitted they've been contested no uh, not here not on the old nantucket sorry that's <laughs> wish we could but we just can't remember we had the we had the uh, immigrants show up yeah we shipped them off quick uh no there's no room so apparently they have uh 24 condos uh, a 156 home, 13 and a half acre site, 70% designated for people who live on the island year round. Now, 15 of the homes and 24 of the condos would be sold for between 261,000 and 373,000. 
but locals say hey man the island cannot support the building so if you live on the island year round say you're one of the do people of the nantucket homes are you making two hundred and sixty thousand dollars i mean are you making enough to afford a three hundred and seventy five thousand dollar home good for you good for you so uh no uh blackstone ceo was like yeah now look we we want to do that and everything but you know it's nantucket and we we can't we can't have that there's no room what are you going to do uh (laughs) affordable housing of course is the problem uh you know we want to do that no problem but we just can't not now sorry (laughs) wish we could but no sorry maybe maybe you go ahead and rent hugh jackman's place in the hamptons maybe you do that uh but you're not staying here on nantucket okay you can get hugh jackman's place in east hampton you can rent that now he's not selling it but you can rent it for one hundred and sixty-six thousand dollars a month a little bit more than one hundred and sixty-six thousand a month actually it's one six 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 maybe it ought to not rent it at that price <laughs> one six 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 yeah no you know what hugh we need to at least change the price because i'm not paying anything with six 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 in it okay but you got five bedrooms five and a half baths modern waterfront compound occupies about five thousand square feet there's a couple of places you've got a gym a theater a pool a jacuzzi two separate structures very nice um and you're overlooking the water so you can you know go ahead and stay there in the winter months you never know in the summer we might want to show up we might want to be there during the summer so get out but if you want to stay there over the winter and not uh, if you can't afford to be in nantucket because there's no affordable housing uh units in nantucket you can rent uh, hugh jackman's place in east hampton for $166,666. Ooh, I don't even like saying it. So have we heard any update on Michael Irvin, the Michael Irvin story? I mean, he, uh, you know, was kicked out of the Super Bowl coverage left and right they moved i mean they came to his hotel door hey michael pack your crap get out uh there's been a complaint about you and your conduct down in the lobby wait what yeah yeah yeah. there was a complaint oh by the way uh yeah they're not going to use you anymore for the super bowl coverage uh both for espn and nfl network yeah go ahead get out uh have a nice day it's over it's just allegations on his conduct in the lobby against some female right and he claimed that it, the uh the contact was less than a minute uh denied any physical contact uh he said it was just an interaction with somebody in the lobby there's got to be footage right there has to be footage of the marriott has to have some kind of footage in the lobby to document this now he is countersuing marriott or at least suing marriott for a hundred million dollars <laughs> okay i mean he was kicked off the air for uh, an innocent handshake 
pretty much. At least that's what we get. So he filed $100 million lawsuits against Marriott International and the unnamed Marriott employee who accused him of misconduct. All right. I mean, that is an interesting thing. I don't know what's going to come of it. Uh, Really strange. I don't know what we're going to go ahead and do with it. I don't think... Um, it seems to me that the, the complainant, uh, hasn't sued him, right? According to the suit, Irving, well, this is him saying that he had a brief friendly interaction with the Marriott employee Sunday night, lasting no longer than a minute that occurred in the hotel lobby, took pictures, polite handshake, went to bed alone. The female employee and Marriott then falsely reported Irvin to the league for inappropriate conduct. So there were witnesses that said they didn't hear or see anything. Uh, So strange. So we'll see what comes of this. Uh, We'll see what comes of this. I know we're supposed to believe all the women. I know. I know. She said it. So it's got to be true. Does it? Does it really, though? Eh, I don't think so. Uh, sometimes we have to, you know, push back a little bit. And good for Michael. He has the resources uh, to be able to do that. And I hope uh, we'll see. We'll see. It. it will be interesting to see the outcome of this. Now, of course, it's that time of year again. The best places to work in 2023. So the number one company in 2019 was Bain and Company. Then 2020. Bain and Company dropped down to number two, and HubSpot jumped up to number one. 2021, Bain and Company was not hearing of it. They jumped back up to number one. And Nivea Nivea, uh, became number two. HubSpot dropped down to number four. Wow. Uh, Then in 2022, uh, Nivea jumped to number one, knocked Bain and Company all the way down to number three. And then HubSpot jumped back up to number two. Now, in 2023, the number one company to work for, Gainsight. You, of course, know Gainsight. I mean, it's... Okay. And then number two is Box. What a great company. Man, I love working for Box. Bain and Company is now to number three. McKinsey and Company is number four. And NVIDIA is number five. So, congratulations to those companies for being the best places to work in 2023. Um, Technology companies made up more than 40% of Glassdoor's best places to work list in 2023. Uh, Yeah, hello. Uh, Technology companies are the best places to work. Yeah. Why do you think everybody wants to work for Twitter and Facebook and Google? Oh, but those places are like everybody's uh, being asked to leave now. I know it's not everybody. Shut up. But they're laying off thousands of people. And so I bet you those people are all running to the doors of Gainsight, Box, and McKinsey and Company. Uh, either that or they're going to work for the NSA. I see where uh, In-N-Out Burger is not in the top five, though. In-N-Out Burger was number three in 2019, number four in 2020, number three in 2021, not in the top five in 2022 not in the top five in 2023 what happened to in and out burger have they gone to what's going on i love in and out burger and they're 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 expanding we're seeing in and out burgers all over the place 
and their big deal is right remember in and out burger has their deal where they don't expand unless they have a place where they can have uh, their meat delivered fresh and you and i both know how important it is to have your meat delivered fresh duh in and out burger is a big believer in that so what happened to in and out burger i don't know but i'm a little i'm a little a little a little upset that in and out burger is not in the top five in fact where are they at holy cow one two three four five six seven eight in and out burgers eighth what is going on that somebody had to make somebody mad there had to be some there had to be somebody make something mad because those managers remember when they were number one and number two they were cranking out some cash seeing how what a great place in and out burger was to work so the pandemic kicked the crap out of in and out burger that's a shame shouldn't have though because 2019 2020 and 2021 they were three four and three and then holy cow where were they in in 2022 last year in and out burger weren't even in the top 15 what is going on so they fought back they're on their way back in okay i apologize something happened bad in 2022 to in and out burger and then they fought back this past year in there they're back in the hunt at uh what did i say one two three four five six seven eight uh, tenth so it's tenth or eleventh so they're fighting back good for in and out burger good keep it up keep it up maybe i'll go get a double with cheese. <laughs> oh that sounds good man a double with cheese at in and out burger yes please Wow, I just saw a headline come across that a woman and her two young children have been found alive in Turkey after surviving nine days under the rubble. Wow. I mean, holy cow. Uh, Her two children were in Hatay, H-A-T-A-Y, which is, I mean, the entire city, I guess, is reduced to dust. Um, Nine days I mean, we're at a point now where it, they really are not having a rescue. Uh, it's all just, uh, you know, we're looking for search, searching missions now. But over 41,000 people have been uh, found dead in between Turkey and Syria. So uh, that's a really incredible that uh, these two children and their mom stayed alive so good for i mean <laughs> bless their hearts bless their hearts i i uh, that's amazing that that happened and they are, will be forever thankful for that and who will they be thankful to i mean they live in turkey so i'm not sure if they'll be thankful to god or not i don't know if they're christian it doesn't matter uh they were saved but i will say that remember we we talked about how the church of england said it's launching a project to explore whether to refer to god as a non-gendered way during worship and the church says it's to reflect the fact that christians have recognized since ancient times that god is neither male nor female but as of right now it says it has absolutely no plans to cut significantly change its liturgies okay so i got an email chewing the fat at the blaze.com from ethan and ethan wanted to point out that uh, jeffy the church of england wants to refer to god using a gender neutral name 
This is the most ignorant thing I have ever heard. When God appeared to Moses in the burning bush, God instructed Moses to refer to God as Abba, which is Hebrew for father. If God wanted us to refer to him using a gender neutral name, then he would have instructed differently. Ethan, thanks for listening to CTF. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.